0: Walk around with my chest out of my skin smooth. I'm healthy. I'm in a mix and I'm but most of y'all can't help me. What's going on, guys? My name is Mark Anthony Joe. And I'm Matt. And this is the Joe Brothers Podcast. You know, guys, I want to do something a little, um, you know, going to be a little fun, okay, today. Um, I want to share with you all a lesson that I learned while I was in prison. And, um, and I think Matt will have a lot to say about this as well. Uh, but prison culture and society, man, I learned, man, I can't even lie. I, I learned all of the most valuable lessons that I've ever learned in my entire life in prison. All right. It was an extremely educational experience, especially from like a, from like an anthropological, Is that the, I don't know if that's the word, but you know, the study of people, right. There was such a, uh, man, the, 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 the sample of human beings in prison is so diverse. You just, get to, you just get to watch them all, right? And you learn so much about people. And, and, and there's a lot of um, examples, really extreme examples, of things that actually happen in society and the way that people live in society. And because they're so extreme, they're actually a lot more easily observable right in society a lot of things are a little bit muted and so they happen for years and years and years and years and years without you ever stopping to think man this is not appropriate or this is unusual right and so there's there's this one lesson right and 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 you really do you have to learn it quickly you have to learn it very quickly because if you don't you will pay for it for a long time and and essentially what it is is in prison there's this super uber macho tough guy culture, right? Like it's, it's so weird. I used to think of it as like, kind of like the upside down world. My friend Gina von Temple, she, uh, she refers, she uses that phrase all the time, the upside down world where like, you know, things are just ass backwards. And the reason why is because like in society, you're praised and respected for being a very nice person for treating people with respect and for having manners and blah 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 and and in prison It's almost the exact opposite. You're praised and respected for being mean and you know belligerent and just you know ignorant (laughs) Um, and violent right and uh, And and so the unwritten rule right the unwritten rule is that if anybody disrespects you or slights you or you know is rude or um, or even just you know accidentally offends you in any way okay anyway I'm talking even little minor things and I'll give you an example in a second but if anybody does any of those things all right you cannot tolerate it I'm talking not even one time not even one time if um, let's say that you know Matt and I we live in the same housing unit Okay. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but every housing unit in, in every prison that we were in, they had a microwave, right? And let's say that, um, you know, there's usually only one or two microwaves. There's not enough for the entire population. and So typically there's a line at the microwave. So let's say I'm, Matt's using the microwave currently. I'm in line. I'm next. Okay. And Matt does something as simple as you know, letting his homeboy jump in front of me in line and use his slot and warm up his food and warm up his coffee. And it, it makes me wait an extra five minutes. Okay. This is something that, you know, in society, we have a tendency to kind of give people the benefit of the doubt, right? We, we have a tendency to give them a pass where we avoid confrontation. So something like that is super minor. We might look at it and be like, oh, super rude and inconsiderate, but you know what? I'm just gonna give it, it's not a big deal, whatever, okay? In In prison, in prison, if you do that, not only will that person recognize that you let them get away with that, but every single person that lives in your housing unit, everybody else that witnessed it, will also recognize that you let them get away with that, and I can promise you, I guarantee you, it will happen a second time. And the second time it happens it'll be something a little bit more significant right so uh in prison phone time is precious it is precious you only get a chance to talk to your family you know a very 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 limited amount of time and typically there's not even enough phone time in a day for every single person to use the phone and so if you have a phone time or if you're in line or you reserved a 30 minute slot and then somebody, uh, somebody basically, you know, hijacks your phone time. That is a big deal. Okay. So what started as me letting, you know, the guy in front of me let his homeboys take up more of the microwave time and, and kind of, you know, being considerate and disregard the fact that I was waiting in line. Okay. What started there is now going to escalate. Somebody's going to take my phone time. Okay. And. And what we're looking at, what we're talking about is really what I think of as like an incremental approach, an incremental encroachment. That's the word. An incremental encroachment on my dignity and my respect and, you know, what I will tolerate, okay? Uh, they, They basically started by taking an inch, right? Taking an inch, jumping in front of me at the microwave, and then they take another inch you know and see if they can push me a little bit further they take my they take my phone time okay and and what i can tell you is if you let that person get away with taking your phone time one you might never use the phone again two they're almost certain to try you a third time and to make it worse that time and this is exactly this process right here this is exactly how people um you know they end up getting taken advantage of i'm not even gonna lie these people bad things happen to them because they have a maybe they have a kind nature maybe they're just afraid Um, whatever the case may be if they don't have the courage to stand up for themselves the first time somebody tries them the first time the rest of their time in prison is going to be very, 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 very difficult. All right, it is very extreme and it is very serious. And the reason why I wanted to share this on the show is because over the past two years, what we've experienced here in this country is our own government making these incremental encroachments on our dignity, on our freedoms, on our rights. And what happened at, or what started as uh, two weeks to flatten the curve has very, very quickly escalated. I think we can all agree that we gave them an inch. We gave them an inch in the beginning. And then they took another inch. And then they took another inch. And then they took another inch. And we're in a position right now where a, a very precarious position, if I should say so myself. And so I wanted to bring this up. And I really also, you know, I know that my brother, although him and I have never been in the same prison together we were in prison at the same time and in fact he was in a maximum security prison which is a little bit even more extreme than where i was and so i want to get his take on this i, I really do i want to you know kind of his thoughts on what's not only this this concept in this lesson because i know that he he witnessed it as well but also what's going on in society right now and then you know i want to just expand a little bit and hopefully maybe share a perspective with everybody that you guys might find valuable
1: Man. So, I mean, really, Mark does a good job of explaining everything, you know, and kind of setting the stage, if you will. But, um, you know, obviously, you know, I have strong views on, on pretty much everything, you know. I, I'm pretty outspoken. If you, if you follow along with me, you know, uh, I don't really hold my tongue or my thoughts to myself because I think that people should express themselves. But I think that that comes... I think that that default aggressive nature comes from exactly this lesson that Mark's talking about. You know, I I, I don't know if I've always been that way. Actually, I know I I, I haven't always been that way. But uh, you know, like Mark said, you know, I went to a maximum security prison when I was 19 years old, right? And you know, I was very small at that time. Actually, I was just thinking about. You know, this rock bottom that I hit as a young adult. And I was very small. I was I was, you know, was frail. I wasn't the, the person that you see today. And, you know, and I was going to a place full of people, you know, serving life or 20, 30, 50 years in prison, people never coming home, people grown ass men. And, you know, I had to learn this lesson right away and i think that that instilled in me this default aggressive and and now i get told all the time dude like you know oh like you know damn like you know you could be more subtle or, or you know why are you so you know why are you so outspoken like why are you going so hard for this like why why it's just a mask like nah 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 fuck that you know like i've seen this incremental encroachments happen in real life scenarios in real life situations where guys are spending, you know, the next 10, 20, 30 years as everyone else's bitch. You know, and, and, and I refuse to let that happen. I refuse. And you know, and and you guys might think that that example is extreme, extreme, but it's not. I mean, it's exactly what's happening. What's happening is, you know, you know, our freedoms, our dignity, our personal possessions, our property, our uh, you know, our freedom is being encroached on in, one inch at a time and, and in my experience when I've seen these type of encroachments happen it never ends well Right, it never ends. Well, you know either that person is forever there forever everyone else's bitch or They end up having to kill somebody, you know and, and, and that's not an exaggeration like you know that's not an exaggeration in these situations that's not an exaggeration so so yes I take it seriously yes I take it personally and yes I'm out outstro- outspoken about it but that's only because of this lesson that Mark's referring to and really you know he did a video not too long ago on this incremental encroachment on his instagram and if you haven't seen it you should but I could not have related to anything else ever more in my life and it's like he took the words right out of my own heart but You know, if you like, man, I can uh, yeah, I can actually elaborate a little bit on the concept
0: that I touched on in the video. But you know, the thing is, if I ask most people, you know, hey, like, like, hey, like, when you think about when somebody says, man, we're losing our freedom, you know, like, what is the what is the image? that that you conjure up in your mind, right? Like, what do you imagine that looking like, right? Losing your freedom. And what I realized one morning is that the image that you probably conjure up in your mind is something like, you know, sitting in like a cold, damn prison cell, you know, like there's no natural light coming in. It's all dusty and you ain't got, you know, you're sleeping on cement and the man is walking around, you know, like yelling at you or abusing you or whatever. But that's because... You know, that's the image that m- the media has painted. You know, that's the image that society has painted. And and yes, I'm there certainly are places that, you know, are closer to that description than others, but but the truth is, right? Like let me let me tell you what it really looks like, you know, when you've lost your freedom because I have and so has Matt, right? Um, so in prison um a lot of people would be surprised to know that I actually had a good amount of like my own personal property. Like I had property from society, right? I had my own like like I had a bunch of nice polos, like Ralph Lauren, Lacoste, and you know Calvin Klein that I would wear on my visits. I had, um, you know, I had notebooks, I had journals, I had I had books, I had textbooks, I had biographies, all the same books that you guys see me reading today. I I've read that genre for years and years and years. I used to get tons and tons of books in it. I used to get food sent in from the street right i had sneakers i used to wear jordans in prison right so i had personal property but i only had as much personal property as they said i could have right like i had dude i had my own space i had my own space nobody i didn't share i didn't have a bunk bed or anything like that i had my own space with like a with my own bed i had my own sheets and blankets i had uh Um, I had a little locker that I could keep all of my personal possessions in. I had, dude, I even had like a little rug. You know, I would like mop and buff my own floor, keep it nice and squeaky clean. I had my own lamp, all kinds of things, right? I had my own space, but I only had as much space as they said I could have. And, you know, I had, um, I had a job. Like I had many, 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 many jobs. Like a lot of people don't know this, but I actually have a certification in horticulture. You know, I I know how to, I have a little little bit of a green thumb. And so I used to, I used to maintain a garden in there that was massive. And I'd, and I'd grow, you know, different fruits and vegetables all throughout the year. And then I would donate them all to a food pantry down the street. Like I had my own job. It gave me a sense of, of purpose, of duty, of responsibility, you know, but uh, not only did I only make like 17 cents an hour, you know, I also, uh, I was limited, you know, I could only work a job. Uh, my job when they said I could work my job, you know, and if they said I couldn't go to work, I couldn't go to work. You know, not only that, um, you know, I had opportunity to socialize every single day. Like I didn't, I was in um, a medium security prison. And so I lived in more of like a, a dormitory style housing unit than, than like cells. And so I lived in this big, um, you know, open building that had 60 other men in there. And every day, dude, we had, do we had cable. Right. We had cable. We had a little TV room where I could do. We had cable, Netflix. I could watch movies. Uh, we had poker tables set up so we could sit around and play cards and gamble all day. We had the news we had. Dude, I had we watched football games. We had basketball games like, dude, we, we socialized every day, but I could I could I had opportunities to socialize, but I could only socialize with the people they said I could socialize with and when they said I could. Right. I had access to a gym, weight room, the yard. But guess what? I could only work out when they said I could work out. Right. And so my point, my point that I want you to see, and I need you to see this very clearly, is that, you know, the people who designed prison, man, they must have understood human beings very, very, very well because. Because they they very perhaps coincidentally, they gave you just enough personal property you know they give you just enough personal space they give you just enough opportunity to socialize they give you just enough uh, recreational equipment they give you just enough uh, responsibility for you to for you to almost forget you know like you, when you're in prison for long enough, and, and Matt can attest to this. Anybody else that's ever been in prison for any number of years, right? I don't think six months or a year is long enough. But when you're in prison for long enough, I swear to God, this is going to sound crazy. But there's days where you almost start to forget that you're in prison. Like you literally forget, right? Like, like, it just becomes the environment that you're in. You wake up, go to sleep, wake up, go to sleep. And, and sooner or later, that is just the world that you live in. You forget that you're in prison and you have just enough personal property, just enough of your own food and water, just enough space, just enough responsibility, just enough opportunity to socialize that, that it almost creates an illusion that you're actually free. Like it, it you have enough personal autonomy that you almost, it creates an illusion that you're free, right? And what I've thought about ever since this pandemic started is, you know, fortunately, I've been in a position before where I can recognize freedom, the difference between freedom and the illusion of freedom, right? And we right now are slowly but surely uh, transitioning into more of an illusion of freedom than freedom itself and the greatest threat to our actual freedom is an illusion of freedom because just like me sitting in prison three four or five years right I there were days when I really literally where I just it didn't even occur to me that I was still in prison we will get to a point as a society where we live under such an illusion of freedom that you actually forget what real freedom was like. It's scary. It really is. And so to, to bring this full circle, you know, I, I truly believe that the only way for us to preserve our dignity, our self-respect, our identity as a country, um, our freedom and our rights, is to respond the same way that I would have to respond to an encroachment in prison. And that is default aggressive, you know? And, and I'm not saying that anybody needs to resort to violence. In prison, that is, that is exactly what I'm saying. You know, in, pri- in prison, that's what you do. You, you resort to violence and and then, you know, people, it deters people from ever trying you again. But in society, what I mean when I say default aggressive, how that could look is simply having the courage to say no, you know, and to stand up for what you believe in, to uh, to really just take back autonomy over yourself. Don't let somebody else make decisions for you. Don't let somebody else form form your beliefs, think for you, feed you information that they want you regurgitating. Take ownership of your thought process, of your beliefs, of your morals, of your values. Take ownership of how you show up every day. And one thing I can tell you for sure from experience is that you will never, ever, ever regret standing up for what you believe in. Never, ever, ever. Dude, I, I, I promise you, I've risked my life to stand up for what I believe in. Like in a very literal sense, I have risked my life on multiple occasions to stand up for what I believe in. And I will never, dude, I have never regretted it. All right. And so some of us in society we're in a position where standing up for what we believe in and taking a stand and saying no and 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 and, and you know putting an end to these incremental encroachments is gonna cost you something. It might cost you your job. It might, you know, get your kids kicked out of school. You know, it might uh, cost you, uh, who knows, right? There's a multitude of things and I'm not naive to the fact that there are some uh, some real things at stake here. Like in order, I know that standing up for what you believe in, it's gonna cost something, but I promise you that it is worth it and you will, you'll never in retrospect look back and say, man, I wish I didn't stand up for myself. Man, I, I wish I didn't stand up for freedom. Never, ever, ever will those words come out of your mouth. And and here's the deal, you know, the, the self-respect and the se- sense of self-worth and the confidence uh, that you have by, by exercising courage in the right moments and appropriately, dude, that will, that will stick with you for the rest of your life. You know, Matt and I can walk into any situation, any room, any neighborhood, whatever, and feel confident that like, hey, look, I'm good, like I know that I will always, you know, stand on my square. And I, I know I'll never let anybody take me off my square because I've been in some of the most trying cir- circumstances and I've had the courage for to stand up for myself there. So like, dude, everybody in this country has an opportunity to, you know, drastically, drastically lift themselves up and and and, and really take a stand for what they believe in. And I promise it'll not only... Uh, improve your own relationship with yourself, but it will uh, contribute to the
1: betterment of, of our country. Yeah, the only thing I want to add to that is that default aggressive. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to reiterate we are not telling, any, we're not encouraging anyone to resort to violence or even disrespect. Uh, you know, in prison, your response must be a certain way, but in society, You can respond respectfully but aggressively uh, at the same time. Those don't need to be mutually exclusive. So we are, again, not telling anyone to resort to violence. Default aggressive just means the opposite of passive, okay? Don't be passive. Like Mark said, don't let people think for you or tell you what to do. Think for yourself in question. But uh, the point that I wanted to add was just that... Guys, think about this when mark gets in front of me at the microwave line all i need to do in that moment is tell him that i'm getting in the microwave all right and he will probably just walk away no confrontation necessary if mark decides to if i if i don't tell him if i don't say something if i don't stand up for myself all right and mark then tries to take my phone time well then my response needs to be much more aggressive. The repercussions of that situation will be much more severe, right? Well then, if, if I let Mark take my phone time and then, you know, and then now I'm just Mark's bitch, well at that point, at that point, there's no turning back. If I decide that I wanna stop the encroachments that Mark is making on my life, then I have to I have to risk everything, All right. So the point I'm trying to make is that the longer that you let this go on, the more encroachments that you allow, that you tolerate, the more severe the repercussions will be when you finally decide to take a stand. So don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait until next month or next year. Don't wait until you have nothing left and then you're backed into a corner. Don't wait. Walk around with my chest out of my skin smooth. I'm healthy. I'm in a mix and I'm handshaking, but most of y'all can't help me.